The following is a President's Chapel given by Dr. W. Robert Godfrey. For more information about this lecture or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474, wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how thankful we are that in the midst of this world, in all its troubles, uh, in spite of your greatness and transcendence, you hold our souls in life. You preserve us, you protect us, uh, you grant to us unfailingly your grace. And so we offer our thanks to you this morning and pray that as we look into your word, that you will bless us and encourage us and strengthen us in believing. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please turn with me uh, to Psalm 105 as we continue together to look at this psalm. Uh, I want to read uh, some selected verses. We'll begin at the beginning and I'll indicate as we go along. Um, so Psalm 105, beginning at verse 1, this is God's own word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. And then down to verse 7. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. And then down to verse 37, which is our text for today. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed like the it flowed through the desert like a river. He remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. So far the reading of God's word. Well, we've been looking together at this psalm of praise, this psalm of encouragement, this psalm of uh, confidence, uh, a psalm which... Uh, begins with praise and then talks about the promise that God has made to his people, that uh, talks about the protection that God provides for his people, and then talks about the path through which God leads his people to fulfill his promise. And that's a path in this uh, relatively short psalm through Canaan and into Egypt, and then in Egypt, and now out of Egypt. Um, this uh, fairly short psalm really is a kind of summary of the Old Testament. 
Perhaps uh, some of you at this point in the semester are willing that you could provide this kind of summary in the work that you're doing, and uh, instead of uh, always having to look at to detailed uh, issues, be able to uh, do well just by a summary. Uh, this is an intriguing summary, and it's a summary which has looked at some of the low points of Israel's history in terms of struggle with famine that led them into Egypt, and then slavery in Egypt, but now really comes to a high point, a point of, of celebration. Uh, and this is important because you remember we've, we've said this psalm is really structured uh, and developed in the way it is to comfort Israel and encourage Israel in hard times. This is probably a psalm written to comfort Israel in the midst of its exile. Uh, and to remind God's people that when times are tough, it does not mean um, that God has forgotten his people or that God has abandoned his people, uh, but that God's way through history, his path through life can often be surprising in its turns um, through struggle, but also in joy. And that's what we have here a celebration in these verses 37 through 43 of God providing for his people in wonderful ways. And we see here the, um, the great statement that he brought them out. Uh, he brought them out. Here is a celebration of God and his acting. This is one of the great themes of this psalm. The focus is on God. It's not so much on the people and their response. It's primarily on God and his action. He brought them out. Uh, that's said both in verse 37 and in verse 43. He doesn't want us to miss that point. Might even be an inclusio for those of you who are uh, dedicated to uh, obscure linguistic terms. Um, or maybe not so obscure. Um, uh, he brought them out. The Lord did it. The Lord accomplished it. Uh, and uh, very implicit in this, of course, is if the Lord can bring his people out of Egypt, what can he not do? Uh, if Egypt can be defeated, uh, the glorious power of the ancient world, then surely God is in charge of all things. He accomplishes all things according to his will. And he brings them out triumphantly. This is underscored here. He doesn't just narrowly bring them out. It's not, a, it's not a close call in the battle between God and the gods of the Egyptians. It's not as if uh, Pharaoh was a significant contender with God. Uh, he brought them out triumphantly. He brings them out as victors. You notice that? Uh, the despoiling of the Egyptians is not just a nice thing for Israel so that they come out with silver and gold, but it's a testimony that they have been victorious in the battle. Uh, these are the spoils of war, in a sense. These are uh, what the victor is able to take uh, in conquest. And here is Israel, a slave nation, now victorious over what may well have been the greatest power of the day, certainly the greatest power they faced in that day. And they come out not only victorious with, with silver and gold, which, of course, we can't help but remember um, 
becomes a bit of a snare to them. Um, the psalm doesn't talk about that. Uh, this is an upbeat psalm. It's not really a very reformed psalm. You can edit that out of the recording. Uh, it is, of course, a reformed psalm, uh, but, but the focus here is not on, on Israel's struggles and sins and failures, but the focus here is on God's success to encourage his people. And although they may, uh, over the course of their years, misuse the silver and gold God gives them, he's testifying to them that he is Lord and they have been victorious in him. And not only did he bring them out as victors, think about this, he made Egypt glad they were going. That's quite an accomplishment, to be so successful that your enemies are glad to be rid of you. And uh, that's what's happening here. Uh, Egypt is so utterly defeated, so utterly filled with dread, that uh, they're glad to see Israel go. And so here is the, the picture laid before God's people in times of weakness, in times of distress. And one might almost say in times when they think papers will never be completed and tests will never be passed. Um, here is the promise uh, that God is victorious in his purpose, that God is victorious for and in his people. He brings them out triumphantly. And then we're told here, he blesses them abundantly. It's a beautiful picture of blessing that's given here uh, to us of uh, God for his people after he's brought them out. Um, look at that as we read it. Verse 39, he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked and he brought quail. And he gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. What a picture of the abundant provision of God for his people in the wilderness. What a, what a summary of chapters and chapters and chapters of the Pentateuch uh, we have here of, of God's provision, of God's blessing, uh, of God being with his people. Uh, the fire and the cloud, the pillars there were, were emblems of God's presence and of God's protection and of God's guidance. He was, he was with his people. Uh, Calvin uh, refers to this as uh, sacraments of God's presence. And uh, here they are displayed. And then, then we're told about how he provided meat and bread in the wilderness. And we know there are lots of issues that surrounded the meat and the bread being provided and the complaining of the people, but none of that is envisioned here. What's, what's highlighted is the blessing God provided. Uh, meat from heaven, bread from heaven. And then, of course, one might argue the greatest single need in a desert is water. And God provides that in abundance for his people. Water from the rock that was so abundant that it was like a river in the desert. And uh, here's, here's a celebration, an encouragement, a reminder. God provides. God provides abundantly for his people. It's hard not to think that uh, uh, Paul may have been humming Psalm 105 when he wrote 1 Corinthians 10. 
um, because uh, it's almost as if these very elements highlighted in uh, Psalm 105 are being highlighted uh, by the apostle there at the beginning of uh, chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud. And all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock, rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Um, I bet Professor Johnson has referred to that text more than once in his teaching on Christ in all the scriptures. Uh, who was the cloud that was the presence of God and the protection of God and the guidance of God in the wilderness? Well, Paul's not absolutely explicit about that, but it's not required that we be too bright to figure out that that cloud was Christ. Uh, who was the meat from heaven and the bread from heaven we're helped out on the bread from heaven a little bit explicitly in John chapter 6, aren't we? It's, it's Christ who is with his people. Uh, who is the water of life for his people? It's Jesus. And, and once again, we see the way in which God is so carefully, so encouragingly, so particularly preparing us uh, to see Christ in all of his Fullness. What is the abundant blessing that we have in our lives? It's Christ who protects us, who guides us, who feeds us, and who is present with us, God with us. That's who our Savior is. That's, that's pictured for us in Psalm 105. It's, it, it's presented to us to, to encourage us to lead us to celebration, even in the days of difficulty. And so the, the positive vision of Psalm 105, which will be very much supplemented by the negative vision of Psalm 106, so there's always balance in the Psalter, but this vision is meant to encourage us not to misrepresent what happened in Israel's history, but to remind us in all of that history God was always triumphant in bringing his people out of the land of slavery, the house of bondage. And God was always abundant in his blessing for his people in their need. And so this psalm is really a psalm for us. We have not gone through what Israel went through, but we have our struggles, we have our difficulties, we have our doubts. And this psalm reminds us God is with us and God will provide for us, and in Christ we will see the victory. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful that your word comes to us to encourage us, to strengthen us, for we acknowledge that in so many ways we are often weak, that we are often forgetful, but this psalm reminds us that not one of Israel's tribes stumbled, but you accomplished your purpose, and you brought them forth, and you blessed them. May we always look to our Savior to find in him all the blessing 
and all the victory that we need to live for him. Hear us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.